Welcome to Wrestling and guys, it's been a pretty crazy week in the sense that one of the most historical and influential figures in all of wrestling of all time. I mean, really, Justin, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, everyone might not know exactly who he is, especially, you know, people in, in America. And stuff. Yeah, but America. he's definitely had his influence on not just pro wrestling, but all of everything. Every yeah, We just talked about him last week, didn't we? Probably a little bit, yeah. We talked about him versus uh, Ali. We just talked about him. We did. We and did. I'm sure In it's I'm sure it's not the first time we've talked about him either. Um, we are talking about Antonio Inoki, who recently died. Um, can't say it was a massive surprise, Justin, right? No, I've had heard he hadn't been doing well for a long time. For a long um, time, yeah. Yeah, at least the last few years. And I know here and there we saw pictures of him and he wasn't looking too great. And I think the last thing I remember really... Yeah seen him interviewed on and active on was the dark side of the ring episode about wrestling uh when they went to when north WCW korea went to, went to north korea yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah you know. and we're we're gonna get into that too justin because uh he had a close relationship with uh north korea weirdly enough which actually yeah. got him in trouble got him in trouble but in the uh, we'll get into it but there's a lot Most, to say yeah about that. mostly um a very revered person in Japan, but yeah, there is some controversy behind him, of course, and we'll go into that a little oh, bit, sure. Oh, yeah, and and let's be honest here, just like any, you know, a lot of legends. We talked about Vince McMahon, we did a Vince episode a while ago, who is a legend, but also has his flaws, right? Um, oh, yeah, Inoki yeah. had his failures, especially later in his career. Uh, he had a lot of big failures that just almost fucked up a bunch of companies. Um, and uh, we will uh, get into that um, after the break. No, we don't really have a break. But if we no. get a Blue Chew sponsor, what do you think? Um, Could you do a Blue Chew ad or a Manscaped ad? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't. <laughs> I could try it live both at the same time and see what happens. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? That that was intense. Um, yeah. So uh, you watch anything this week, man? You see Dynamite? No, I forget I mean, where they're at on Dynamite. They're okay. They're back. They're not in the Grand Slam anymore. No, I'm like in the. Well, I watch New Japan. I'm able to catch up with New Japan on the weekends. Obviously, nothing this weekend because for some reason Royal Quest wasn't available anywhere. But people yeah, which is it live. bullshit because I heard it was awesome. Like yeah. everyone on Reddit was like, "This is the this was even better than last time," and they did two nights, and the, they said that the like uh, the, the FTR versus Aussie Open was like five star match, and the meet and greets looked like so much fun. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that looked fun too. Yeah. I like how uh, I heard they were expensive, but they uh, oh, had fun dude. meet and greets. I would pay. So, for, yeah, I'd pay for. I'd pay for probably pay a little bit for a. Uh, signed hat or something but i will say this they had a uh, el desperado and he goes why the fuck did they put me next to naito for the meet and greet that makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny i like uh yeah i was you know it's just been a really stressful last couple weeks of work and i'm hoping by the end of the month i'll smooth yeah. out a little bit but it's just been a really rough stressful month at work um, a lot of would you like to explain I'm to all the plate. listeners no. all the details of it 
No, just it's just no. been stressful. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All that. So you know, I've just been trying to uh, knack her down on that, and just you know, yeah. life. So, I anyways. I don't I don't blame you. Also, you uh, do have a whole family around you. So yeah, that's not, that's, I, 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 I took a there. few days off from drawing, and then I realized how much I need it because it does make me kind of feel better and release stuff. So um, I'm probably good. you know I'm going to be participating in the whole. Sketchamania Inktober thing. So Inktober. as I started doing, yeah. At in ring so in ring art on Instagram, if you want to see the highest quality, yeah, sure. drawings. Cool. But uh, if you have an, if you're probably already, if you're listening to this, you probably are. Yeah, well, most of our listeners come for Calif- California, so I think they've seen you before. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so yeah, I watched I watched Dynamite. I thought it was very good. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun actually. Okay. Um, you had the Daniel Garcia kind of turning, and you had Danielson in there too. Good story. The women's segment was really awkward. Uh, it's Paige. I don't know if Paige is at that level. Um, well, it's she's real weird. She, she's, she's also real... someone that is either not healthy enough to compete or. I don't know. Yeah. I guess you could say she's low mileage because she hasn't really ever really wrestled out of full time for that long. Yeah, I saw some people uh, saying some real mean stuff about her. Um, you know, she's... Ob- Look, bro, she's been probably partying for the last couple of years, and I wouldn't blame her if she was. And, I mean, she's just been living her life. And, uh, you know, maybe she needs a paycheck again, but... Uh, you know, it's going to take some time for her to get over with this audience. Um, because um, it's not like before where they just run her in and she wins the Divas Championship. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I told you the story about Paige or Soraya. Is that what she is now? Soraya. Yes. Yeah. It is Soraya. Um, like yeah, a serrated Soraya. knife. Yeah. Um, my friend and I went to a, a PWG probably circa 2015. 14 something like that and um you know that was one of those shows where there's a lot of wwe people in the backstage yeah oh yeah i think i think she was there with alberto del rio or something and uh you know sure enough i just went right home after and my friend ended up going to like uh, you know, some bar in Reseda, and sure enough, Paige and Alberto De Rio were, were there. Oh, boy. The, and and you said, know what? Wasn't that, like, a violent relationship? Like, I heard they were, like, fighting all the time. Maybe that came from Total Divas, and I apologize if that did, but uh, doesn't that seem like a thunderstorm in the making? I Yeah, I mean, I guess it was one of those very odd, uh, you know... Del Rio himself is... to begin with. Quite the fuck up. Work. Yeah. Um... But, um, anyways, he said that page was really, really nice and cordial and all that stuff. But on the other hand, uh, Daria wasn't very nice, but she was you, really cool. And you took know pictures what? With everyone and all that. Um, I've never heard Paige to be like, uh, rude to fans and stuff like that. It's funny though, bro. Like, you okay. I've been wanting to talk to someone about this recently and I promise guys we're about to get into Anoki. Yeah. It's only been eight minutes. We're just going to talk a little right. more about some side stuff, and we'll jump right into it. Um, you know, I've heard of the certain wrestlers, and it's very subjective, but I heard certain wrestlers are just not cool. You know, we, we have the CM Punk, right, who, like, we talked right. about a million times. Like, 
don't walk up to him in public, right? <laughs> or in um, private either, I guess. I've heard Shima is is real tough, real tough to work with sometimes, but maybe that's more backstage. Well, you know Shima? I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean I don't see him getting booked a lot anywhere, so maybe that's part of that. it. Maybe that's part of it. We we but, have seen him on AEW, we've seen him do some New Japan stuff, but not frequently, so there could be a reason. Well, he quit Dragon Gate, bro. <laughs> he fucking quit his own company um, years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, I, what do you think about Sasha Banks? I've heard she is kind of tough to be around sometimes. Yeah, I've Have heard you that. heard that? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, I don't want to be hassled at 5 a.m. in the airport either, I guess, but... Well, um, I, I think it, I think it to, goes a little uh, beyond that, but I mean, like, that's just one example. I mean, yeah, I feel like sometimes, I don't know, I'm not in that position, but like, I feel like if someone just wants to tell me they're a big fan, like, I should be receptive because. Well, well, and I'm just using that as an example of a situation, but I just yeah. mean personality wise in general, where like, you know, as far as like easy to work with, you know, personal yeah, like. I, I think easy to work with and asking for a picture at the airport are two completely different things. So. Okay. Okay. Well, and I, I was trying to say, yeah, it's like your professional life versus your personal right. life and stuff. But I'm just going to say this. Like, you're never going to hear of anyone say anything weird about Luke Harper, right? No. Like, no. No, I'm just... But I do think there's sometimes there's a correlation. Like, if you're not uh, good with fans, there's probably more likely of a chance you're not good to work with the other wrestlers or professionally that's true know. that could it's, that could be a correlation yeah yeah i don't but think maybe it's not necessarily 100 yeah. percent. but i would it, i wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of people that were both you know what i mean yeah yeah well you could be in japan and be a heel and then like you're not even supposed to talk to fans too you know that'd be probably right, but pretty then chill. you saw those those meet and greets, and they're just all over. You Nowadays, know. yeah. Nowadays, that yes, they put the heels into meet and greets, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It's like if they're so heel, they don't want to fucking talk to you, bro. So, you know what, uh, though, for the buck, you can be whatever. So, that's yeah. always a good way for a heel to say, "Well, I'm getting paid." So, true. They'll be, I'll be their best friend. And of course, you've seen some of those meet and greets that MJF do, which are just fantastic. I haven't. The, is he is he just a prick to people? They love that. Oh, it's and they love it. You know, like he'll sign their action figure and say like, "What are you ten? And then he'll like just push it off and throw it and oh, stuff like that. Oh, that that's where I want to go yeah. to. Um, you missed Dynamite this week. It was MJF. That was the best part of the show. Okay, yeah. now I know you're like, yeah, I'm not surprised, right? Yeah, but uh, he's in a feud with Yuta Wheeler, uh, Wheeler Yuta. Which yeah is pretty cool because Yuta's like more. Uh, I've I've thought about it and I was like, okay, no, uh, MJF mainly feuds with top top guys, right? Right. And they're throwing him in a feud with a younger guy, and it's really awesome. And uh, Yuta Wheeler uh, attacked him while he was in his uh, what is it like? You know the yeah. top the Sweet. top suite, yeah. yeah. And that was a box, whatever. That was pretty badass, actually. Yeah. So Yuta Wheeler. It's and, and Yuta Wheeler pretty doing pretty good on the promos too. So it's like, you know, you got to have that ability to feud with uh, Maxwell um, in the first place. So definitely, and I, I think he's a guy. I bet you that's just really good to work with. 
Oh, I, yeah. I think Both he's those very guys. professional. Oh, he's in... He, dude, he's... Uh, yeah. When we talk about MJF, were you talking about MJF or are you talking about Yuta? No, MJF. MJF. So, when we... I listened to a few of his interviews this weekend, right? Yeah, or last weekend. All over, yeah. And he was like... Bro, he was so professional. It's ridiculous. He's like, AEW is the top company and like we have the greatest wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't... Yeah. Remember when he was like burying the company? Like clearly he got the message, don't do that anymore. And now he's or like that, or they get well, he's saying he got paid, that's why. <laughs> who knows what Whatever. really happened? He probably got a pay bump, but he deserves it and uh Absolutely. Yeah. He was totally putting over the company in in his interviews. He was a dick, but he was also putting over his company and just yes, saying this is the best place to work and all this stuff. He almost sounded like Seth Rollins. Anyways, <laughs> uh speaking of all that, we spoke a little about New Japan a little while ago and uh we are we can't talk about new japan it's impossible to talk about new japan without bringing up the name antonio inoki who actually uh founded new japan um back in the day so justin you you, you said like you talked about inoki's influence and stuff like that i mean what level would you put him at if you had to do a comparison like Who's someone that's in his vicinity? Would you would you th- in your mind? I mean, he's kind of a the Japanese version of Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan, kind of wrapped into one. <laughs> you say? Yeah, that's that's pretty true in the sense that there's like, yes, he was the huge celebrity, right? He was the Hulk Hogan, drew the massive TV ratings, but also was behind the curtain, right, for years and yeah, years and years. And- also was a politician i mean oh yeah I, I would even say there's some correlations to say that you know what the rock is today in our generation is what maybe Inoki was in the 1970s yeah man and it's crazy and 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 we have to bring up a lot of names here and so i'm going to define these people right away um just so we can like talk about them and not have to explain everyone who they are, but these are people that are huge in Inoki's story, really. So first, uh, we have to bring up um, Ricky Dozan. Ricky Dozan, right? Yeah. And uh, Ricky Dozan is um, basically your first massive wrestling star in Japan. He was actually Korean. He was raised in Japan, and um, he was in the JWA. And the JWA was like the, you know, WWF of the, you know, 60s, 70s in in Japan. So it was massive at the time, huge black and white TV matches. It's really hard to put over the level that it was. You know what I'm saying, Justin, to people who don't understand? Yeah, I mean, I think you just described it as what it was it was just kind of the top company in japan at the time and but but it was mainstream it was, too you know what i mean yeah, which wrestling right. so it's like you would hear stories of you know the tv stores would have the black and white matches on the front of the tvs you know and like people right. would just like line up like hundreds yeah, of people outside yeah yeah and that's how popular riki dozan was um riki dozan was murdered um, years later, it was kind of a mysterious thing. He was stabbed. I think he had Yakuza ties. Did you hear that story, Justin? I've heard that, yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, uh, I know there's sometimes with uh, Korean uh, 
Japanese. There, yeah. There's kind of an issue with that sometimes as well. Yeah, and, you know, we'll do an episode on uh, Dozan later, and we'll talk about that more in depth. But um, that's Dozan. The other person we have to bring up um, that you should probably know is Giant Baba. Um, Justin, do you want to talk a little about Baba or what you know? Uh, yeah. Um, so Giant Baba was basically, in a way... Uh, the Andre the Giant of Japan. Um, I don't think he was, uh, you know, he was a very large man, probably like a Yao Ming kind of stature, right? Not yeah, tall, yeah, it but, was weird. Know. It's weird because Baba actually had like a, and, and I, 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 sorry if this offends anyone, but he had a kind of freakish body, or kind of it was, it was a little was grotesque. A, in the in the gigantism kind of features, yeah. like where really he had like hands. tiny arms and legs, right. like they were super thin and stuff. Yeah, but uh, really large hands and a large head, large ears, huge nose, head, kind of huge yeah. head. Yeah, and uh, but he was a wrestler, right? And um, he was a wrestler, and he was then an one of yeah, and then he was uh, he, you know did a lot of uh, promoting later yeah. on. Well, did you know that uh, the JWA? We talked about that with Ricky Dozon and stuff. Well. Inoki and Baba feuded in the JWA. So they okay. were both younger wrestlers at the time. Right. And they both were in the JWA. So it's like generational rival to Inoki. And we don't just mean in wrestling. They started separate wrestling companies, right? You had, later on, we had Inoki start this New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Baba, his rival, went and formed All Japan Pro Wrestling, right? That's just, that's so interesting. I mean, think about fascinating. Brett, Mar Brett Hart and Shawn Michaels started rival their, their own companies and they both became or, like the best in the country, right? Or, yeah, and then Stone Cold and The Rock did it. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Triple H and John Cena. I don't know. Triple like, H yeah, and Shawn Michaels, crazy. they both split up. The story is yeah. like, it's like you'll never hear of that story again in wrestling as long as we live, right? Because of the way media no. works nowadays. But. Back then, um, yeah, Baba and him split up, and they both formed their own thing. Um, after Ricky Dozon got stabbed, you know, JWA, they figured we could do our own things here. So, yeah, just a fascinating life um, from Inoki and uh, a lot of the stuff that he did and uh, dealt with. So, he was born in Yokohama. He was born in 1943. Very old man. Lived a full life, that's for sure. And, yes, uh, definitely. yeah, um, he did karate. Very old, yeah, 78, right? Oh, yeah, 79, 78, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he, he played basketball. Now, obviously, Inoki kind of has a, a, a look, right, that you can't deny, especially when he was younger, right? Like, that's yeah, one of the things we have to talk about. It's the strong chin. He's um, got, like, this huge, it's almost comically large, right? Like, it's, it's like... He looks like, like a superhero in a way. <laughs> or like just like, you know, what was that cartoon character uh, with the big butt chin or from, uh, uh, you know, Hanna-Barbera, the Mountie yeah. or Mountie. Or, or think yeah, of, it is that know, chin. That chin is that large. Like the dude has this yeah. striking jaw, massive chin. Uh, he, you know, it's funny because although he is Japanese, he's he's got this Western almost flair to him in a way. Um, maybe because of he, his face size and his height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, you know, he was six three ish. Um, 
He had very, you know, kind of big ears, a very strong, oh yeah, you know, jaw, um, very unique looking. Of mm-hmm. course, he had like the red scarf all the time, and you know, just you said six him, six three. You said six three. Yeah, was that I mean, was? you got to admit, in Japan, that is fucking huge. No, I was gonna say that being six three in Japan and that era is probably being about like six eight here <laughs> yeah in america exactly yeah like people will take pictures of you and hey man but but combined with the look that he had i mean god it, it's almost like everything perfect came together with anoki you know what i mean like uh, no, uh, he's one of those guys that's like those prototype right you know the creator wrestler like this is what the ideal look is like he's definitely one of those handful of guys that and uh, he it was right place right time like you know as far as being an athlete and then getting into wrestling and karate and stuff um right really he chose the perfect career path maybe people would argue later on that it wasn't but uh he just uh yeah so some real interesting stuff here from Inoki. um he was one of the many people that went to brazil from Japan. I don't know if we've talked about this, but did you know that Brazil has the second largest Japanese population outside of Japan? Yes, I am. You did I, know that. something I've talked about with my wife. Yeah, Japan. It's fascinating. I There's a big the relationship details. there. Yeah, there has been like a shared cultural thing mm-hmm. between Brazil and Japan for many, many years. Many um, years. Oh, yeah. In terms of everything from culture, from you know growing crops to martial arts uh, martial uh, arts but yeah. Y- well yeah you had a huge br- uh japanese uh migration to brazil many years ago same thing there's many germans in brazil as well actually but uh k- kind of a melting pot that's where you got have a dude named hiroshima perez is like you know what i mean right yeah <laughs> so uh, so he was one of those uh people that went to Brazil, and he went there in 1957, so at the age of... Uh, wow, 14. 14, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, in Brazil, he won shot put, discus throw, and javelin throw. So... What, in the Olympics, or in what? No, in, the, in, in high school. Oh, he went to high school out there. Yeah, so, uh, let me see here. Re- no, regional championships, I'm sorry, regional championships in Brazil. So, like, okay. his county or whatever. So, he was already... And uh, he he actually got the All-Brazilian, the whole country championship in shot put in discus. Mm. So... Well, he had that big old chin to rest it on when he was <laughs> Well, we see clear athletic prowess, right? From a young age. Oh, sure. So... Yes. Um, in 19... Uh, so, we go back, like... Well, the he, thing that's interesting about him is, like, this is not just some muscle head. This is, like, the dude was a fighting machine, right? Like, so there's, a, you know, a little bit of a kind of Stu Hartness to him as well, right? Like, he yeah. hurt people. Yeah. He, oh, well, that's for sure. Have you ever seen him slap Spider-Man? You ever seen that prank? Yes, I did. Okay. I should, yeah, I did you watch it recently? Watch yeah, I Okay. Did. That, that kind of w- went viral again, and I'm glad yes, it did. When Spider-Man drops through the ceiling and he just fucks, fucks up Spider-Man, right? 
Or just seeing the lines of people outside the ring just wanting to get slapped by Anarchy. <laughs> it's, it's like, it got kind of stupid. I feel like that jumped the shark, you know, by that point. It's like, slap by the, me. By the 30th guy. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. that point, it did get pretty dumb. But um, Inoki actually met uh, Diki Dozan at when he was 17. He met him in Brazil. And I he he got he got picked up by Ricky Dozon, who hired him as his disciple. Mm. So, whatever they talked about, you know, it's like, hey, dude, I'm like the best track and field guy here. Do you want to fight? I said, fuck yeah, you know. I don't know. I don't know what the conversation was, but uh, some crazy names Probably were very close. Yeah, he hired him as his disciple. He went back to Japan. He trained with JWA under Carl Gotch. The wow. The, the machine, Carl Gotch, the Belgian and uh, German American, just killer, who taught is so influential on uh, Japanese wrestling. And again, we, we we'll do a whole show on him later. So he just studied and studied and studied uh, and wrestled. And his classmate was Giant Baba, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Um, it went on for a while until. Um, He'd started New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. So now, and you know, how, how... Just doing the math there, that's at the age of 29. 29, yeah. He goes and... Um, and honestly, he was, he was fired from the JWA because he was planning a takeover of the company. Okay, so, so this is a guy that has, <laughs> you know, is a you know, very, like, leadership quality... Um, not afraid to take charge kind of person, right? So that's established. I mean, clearly he, you know, he was Ricky Dozon's disciple, so he kind of felt like he was next in command. And uh, right. there was a lot of backstage politics. I mean, and yeah, he he wanted. I don't know if he actually wanted to take down the company, but he was fired for the attempt. So uh, you know, wow. I don't think you or I have ever been fired for uh, trying to take a company by control of a company have no, you I, yeah any of the companies i've worked for i had no desire to take over i, still <laughs> I know so. me too yeah I'm maybe it not takes that kind of person i guess maybe it takes a certain type of person then again we live in america it's a whole different world here nowadays um so yeah he was planning a takeover and he started new japan he wrestled carl gotch he wrestled luthes um i mean all these different names um he wrestled Pakistani Akram Pahalwan, okay? Remember that name. And the yeah, match turned into a shoot with Akram biting Inoki in the arm and Inoki retaliating with eye pokes. Damn. Inoki won the bout with a double wrist lock, injuring Pahalwan's arm after the latter refused to submit. The finish was not written down or scripted, and it was a real fight. So. Wow. It kind of sucks when you have to do stuff like that, huh? I mean, I don't know. I think the guy probably enjoyed it. <laughs> you think Pahalwan wanted to actually uh, shoot on on? No, him? no. I, maybe it sounded like it if he's biting people, but um, I he think got. It, do you know what Inoki the double wrist? Probably was super happy when that stuff happened. Do you know what the double wrist lock is? I think it's like a Kimura, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Something. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think it is Kimura. So, did you Kimura ever Lock. see uh, the great Antonio versus Antonio Inoki? 
That's a classic not. one. Oh yeah, that that one was pretty good because the it was this huge fucking strong man, um, Antonio Berichievich. It's a really big dude and white guy, and uh, he he was no selling Inoki's attacks, and then he started stiffing Inoki at the end of the match, bro. Right. So like, why I like you know Inoki <laughs> and you know Inoki at the time like are these people this was 1977 that, like, bro they might not have known Inoki and they might just been in town for to. a payday they were just try- they were just trying to they heard Inoki was tough and they wanted to see how tough I, I I mean I don't understand any other line of reasoning than that well uh the great Antonio as I said he started stiffing Inoki. And Inoki actually responded, and he uh, started hitting hitting him with palm strikes and kicks, and then yeah, stomping his head repeatedly as he lay on the mat before the match was stopped. Of course, like what else is he supposed to do? <laughs> I love that it, that it, like a for all Inoki's later booking decisions. I love that he got a shot on. And he just stomped the guy's head, like I yeah, like at some point, you know, you know not to, you probably I mean like I, I you're stupid, like you can't be shooting yeah, on a like that. You, I mean, come on, it's if you're Brock Lesnar, it's one thing, right? But if you're like, yeah, could the you imagine if people just, could you imagine if people just, as a habit, just shot on Brock Brock Lesnar constantly? <laughs> well, they would they be, would I be mean, fired immediately. Like, like say, in WWE, they'd be know, fired immediately. Let's say I don't know, like Bobby Roode was wrestling. If Bobby Roode him, shot off, yeah, Bobby, Bobby Roode would be fired. Shooting on him out of nowhere, it's like, what are you doing, dude? He you would know, probably like, get slammed on his fucking face and kicked in right, the head. Like, I don't know. Like, there's a, maybe a few guys that, uh, that randomly that you don't expect. Now, Bobby would... Lashley shot on. Uh, Hey, WWE, if you're listening, this would be a good storyline. Bobby Lashley shoots on Brock Lesnar. They should do that, huh? Yeah, let's do mm. it. Why not? We'll do it in Saudi Arabia or something. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, don't... I could see somebody like Dolph Ziggler who, nah, you know, no. is probably... It's got to be know... legit. you got to get a legit fighter. Well, no, fighter. he was an all-college um, oh, all wrestler, though. Yeah, I would, dude. I'd be more trustworthy of fucking AJ shooting than Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry. Yeah, but anyways. Just anyways, saying, like, could you imagine if some just, there was just guys were getting regularly shoot, shot you know, on? <laughs> the strongest guy, the most, you know, biggest fighter. You know, and it, it's funny you mentioned that, Justin. Actually, because part of Anoki's downfall ha- has to do with wanting pro wrestlers to be MMA fighters, right? And it's, it, like, I know you bring that up as a hypothetical, like, oh, what if they shot? But, like, Inoki tried to do that later on in his career, you know? He was having Nakamura and, and you know, awesome wrestlers like Nagata, you know, f- fight oh, in fucking so, MMA matches. So, so part of the training that he was putting these guys through was... You know what? Like, could this have been something where he's like, "I had so many people shoot on me, and I had to react." <laughs> that you need to I know. Need to you sure need to know if these guys are going to be legit in my company. If they get shot on, they need to be ready to fight back. So that's yeah. why I'm going to go make them fight MMA. Obviously, who, who the knows? time may be past when he, that that happened. We have to worry about yeah. getting shot on as much. 
But, like, hey, man, that's probably why he did it, if you think about it. And, and you know, who really knows? We've talked about the history of wrestling. We've both been educated on it more. And, you know, we know that, like, it's tur- it turned from, like, a real thing into a worked thing over time, right? And, um, you know, there's... Inoki wanted to keep that mystique going. He wanted to keep that. It's worked? Is it real? It's the king of sports, right? It's not the king of wrestling. It's the king of sports, dude. That's true. I mean, I guess there is some aspect of it um, where let's shoot on each other occasionally just to remind everyone, like, this is, you know, to and and, and actually, that uh, I want to push a little more in that direction because check this out. I I heard uh, Clark Connors, right? He talked about his New Japan audition for, um, who did he audition for, Justin? Shibata? Shibata. Shibata son, right? right? And uh, he said that in his, um, he went against uh, another guy, I don't remember his name, but they they just said, let's shoot for uh, five minutes. Shoot, wrestle, right? And then we'll do a match. And actually, they were like the top rated by Shibata. So, you know, in a way, it still exists. It doesn't mean punching your opponent in the face and stuff like that and slapping them and shit. But the shoot wrestling, you know, idea of making it look real, you know, it's still part of New Japan. Yeah, I mean, I can see it being a strategy. Like, for the first couple minutes, let's really go at it a little bit to establish everything else. I mean... And you can improvise too, right? You can just be like, let's wrestle. Let's shoot wrestle. And I it's kind see, of a form of yeah. improvisation in that way. Calling your matches, Absolutely. you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, yeah, Especially um, if you've got two guys that are evenly matched or have a similar background. Yeah, totally. And it's funny because Clark Connor said the match before us was a hardcore New Japan style. Bang, bang, you know, like uh, no sell, get up, you know, um, kick out at one sh- Hulk up, you know, that style match, and Shibata was disgusted by it. <laughs> so he said the shoot wrestling was better. Anyways, going back to Inoki's life, uh, in 1979, Inoki defeated Bob Backlund, the WWF heavyweight champion, and he won the championship. So good on him, right? Backlund. Yeah, w- Won the rematch on December 6th. However, WWF president declared the rematch a no contest due to interference um, by Tiger Jeet Singh. Do you know Tiger Jeet Singh? Yes, he is the father of um, Tiger Ali Singh. Really? From the attitude. I don't know who Tiger Ali Singh is. Yeah, just do an image search. He was this guy they brought along um, in in the attitude era and like. I don't know, 97, 98-ish, and he would come out there like this rich Indian guy, and he was going to be the next greatest thing, and he was trained with the hearts. Okay. And it uh, didn't last long, did he? I never heard of him. No, he did not. No, he did not. Who did he ever beat? Ah, man, he had such a short run. He would come out in a suit and disparage Americans, and then he would, it was, uh, you know, the rich guy kind of angle, and... You know, he'd had a few matches, but he just never got over. I think he thought he was going to be great or something like that. And Have, have you um, listened uh, to Mick Foley's podcast? No, I haven't. Okay. It, it's pretty good. Uh, and, and there's like 20 episodes out now. But uh, he, talks about, uh, he talks about other wrestlers, you know, and he's like, people be like, who did he ever beat? You know, like to talk mm-hmm. shit about the wrestler. 
and he's like he finds out bam bam bigelow you know and it's just mm-hmm. like he was telling somebody about somebody about bam bam bigelow and they were like who did he ever beat and it's like bro it's fake it's wrestling anyway got the back scratcher going on justin yeah, man, I'm from Big Five, my back scratcher. Get that going a little bit right now. So we were talking about, it looks comfy. I just use my calipers. This okay. is a, uh, it's got like a bear claw. Well, uh, yeah, yes, people aren't, people are listening. He's got a bear claw, stainless steel, back scratcher, maybe aluminum, with, See? It, it is, it, it is a telescoping, is it not? My wife, my wife uh, hates when I ask her to scratch my back, and this was purchased for that reason. And you can also uh, discipline the children with it if they fuck up. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if you put it all the way out and telescope it all the way out, bam! So uh, close today, catching the bear claw. Oh shit! So we talked about Tiger Jeet Singh, and you talked about his son who did nothing in ever. I mean, who do you ever was beat? Part of some. I don't. I don't even remember you don't, having a match. To be honest, what was his yeah. name? Tiger Ali. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we was, got. He was Canadian. We gotta talk about Tiger Jeet Singh for a minute because he's a huge part of Inoki's career. Um, check this out. They did like a real life shoot. Uh, no, it was like a. Uh, it was like a work brawl, right? In a shopping center in Japan. Wow, it's like it, the first episode of uh, Nitro <laughs> at the yeah. Mall of America. In 1972, they brawled with each other at a shopping center, and uh, <laughs> randomly. Like tea and Stone Cold. Pretty much, they they. But there was no TV to film it, so it was like word of mouth shit back then. You know what I mean? That's crazy. It's like, dude, I saw, I saw these dudes fighting each other at a shopping center, and uh, in '73, um, they uh, Tiger Jeet Singh feuded with uh, with Olinoki. Inoki broke Singh's arm in a 1974 match, but Tiger defeated Inoki to win the NWF title in 75, only to lose it three months later. So they, they had a back and forth, and that is considered a legendary feud from them. Okay, we're going back into the uh, late 70s. And, uh, yeah, he ran New Japan from the 70s into the 80s. So when we talk about guys like, you know, Tiger Mask, right? We yep. talk about guys like uh, talk about guys like Jushin Liger, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you know all those guys like no, he was training, you know, up into the, the into the early two thousands. I mean, he had his LA Dojo out here, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a minute. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Yep. Yep. So, um, in 95, the Japanese and North Korean governments came together to hold a two-day wrestling festival in North Korea. It, so it drew 100 and, about 180,000 fans, which is fucking yeah, wild. It, it didn't draw. They were told to go there. Probably. Yes, these, you they, are right. These weren't people that were waiting in line, ready to buy merch and do the meet and greets. Yeah, you're uh, right. They you're were right. pretty much herded in there. Uh, yeah, you know. I, I I agree with that. Um, the main event was Ric Flair versus Inoki, with Inoki winning. And days before the event, Inoki and the Korean press went and uh, they went to the grave and birthplace of Rikitozan and pl- paid tribute to him. Uh, did you watch the Dark Side of the Ring on this uh, incident? Yes, I did. Is it an um, incident? It's not an incident, is it? it- what was what an incident? Um, I mean, what ha- that they wrestled in North Korea? No, it's not an, in- an incident. Was 
was it too cold Scorpio saying he was going to kill somebody? Uh, <laughs> okay, that's no, that uh, yeah, the incident, the New Jack incident, that's an incident. Yes, it okay. was. Um, this was not an incident, it was an event. It was an occurrence, it was an event, yeah. I mean, it, it, that was one of the low key best episodes they did, even though like, I didn't guys, watch like, that one actually. That's a really good one, um, okay. Check it out. Um, you know, even though Eric Bischoff has a big part in it, and I've always find him to be full of shit, but um, yeah, he's, he was he's good. At, he was actually good in the episode. He's a bit of a blowhard and all that, but you know, I'm not gonna like desecrate his contributions to that time of wrestling. He's still a very important figure to a lot of things. But who else wrestled um, on the event? The Road you know, Warriors. I think Scott, a lot of those NWO guys were on there. Um, you know, I'd have to watch it. I remember Scott Norton had a big part in it. And I think uh, Too Cold Scorpio was involved because he wanted to kill somebody on the show. And Scott Norton it's, was like, it, you can't kill somebody was it, here. Was it, was it not like kind of like the the uh, Saudi Arabia shows Saudi Arabia shows before like their time? Was it not like that? Where like the government is going to pay you a million dollars, millions, and you just come and do your thing and you leave? Um... No, I think it was a little more like you're here for this in, in this country, and nobody really knew what was going on. And well, no one in know. the country knows who these people are, right? We have to yeah. first just. You really have to watch the episode because I think even Eric Bischoff talks about how he went for a run, you know, in North Korea, and he kind of realized I shouldn't be out here right now, kind of thing. Oh boy, I could be paraphrasing or like remember it wrong. Wow, but there's a lot of things that. Um, you know, it's a realize, it's a like, real scary place, dude. It is a military yeah. run. It's it's like a giant gang runs the whole place. So I mean, that's kind of scary. Um, and that's putting it very lightly. <laughs> yeah, know, maybe maybe we need to talk about uh, it's, that. It's um, an alternate universe, event. frankly. Uh, maybe we need to talk about that event a little more on a different episode. Um, but yeah, but it's a fascinating just saying that there was a relationship there that made this happen, and you know, obviously. That's one of the controversial things about Inoki is he had relationships with North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah, yeah. close, clo- uh, fairly close. Uh, it, all things considered, um, Inoki's retirement from professional wrestling matches came um, in 1994 by 1998 to 1998, and it was a special series in which Inoki relived a lot of his MMA matches in professional wrestling rules. As well as matches. So he had a long retirement run, right? It's kind of cheesy, right? Like, who's doing it now? Um, well, uh, I don't think Muda. anyone's doing it. Muda. Muda's doing it, yeah. But, you know, Muda's going to milk his retirement, right? Oh, absolutely. You know He's, who did yeah. not milk his retirement? The Undertaker? No. He, no. Ooh, come on, go. Uh... I'm thinking uh, Liger because he did a year, right? One year. Liger is and he lost one of the most like every time. Every he lost every match like his last five years. <laughs> Liger he, is one of the most. And he like, just did he just um, did a one year retirement run, right? Like one yeah. year, and then he went. He went. He did. He came to America. He did. You know. Um, he did PWG. a few things. He did and NXT. Then lost every time. Lost yeah. his last final matches. And then yes. everyone cried. <laughs> Unbelievable. One of the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Selfless. Yeah. Uh, pro wrestlers. And just pr- people of authority. Because, I mean, obviously he was still a really big guy. 
in the in the in the um in the dojo and is he still to this day working in the dojo i think he is i don't know if he lives there i don't think he probably lives there, does like he bro he probably does documentary because um, he still does commentary a lot he does a lot of commentary he probably i don't know if there's a booking committee or something but i'm you, pretty sure you, he's, you can't separate him from the business let's just yeah put it that i'm pretty way. sure he is given a space and has a uh you know a voice yeah Maybe yeah. not as big as some of the others, but I'm pretty sure well, you, you, you part know, of the equation. Enough about Liger. He he did his one year retirement. It was classy as fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, we had homie Inoki doing four year retirement run, <laughs> which is like, you know, larger than life, right? Is Inoki? Um, he and did. He his, knew it, and it was kind of the you know the. The opposite of a selfless personality was Inoki, I guess. He's just like, yeah, dude, we're going to do bad, all these crazy matches. Um, he did all a, in honor of me. <laughs> he he made but, a uh, WCW you know. appearance, defeating Steven Regal in a non-title match at Clash of the Champions 28. Mm, what year was that? <laughs> I'm trying to find out. 98? Hang on. Wow. That's, I mean, we're talking about he was 54 years old, huh? 90, 94, sorry, sorry, 94. Mm. So 98 would have been late. That would have been right in the heart of uh, yeah. the Monday Night Wars. That's a cool one. I might have to go check that out on the network. I was uh, actually randomly watching some old WCW with uh, Regal. and uh, Regal's a good. Regal, a Regal, um, oh yeah, it's great. A Regal-Alex Wright match. Mm. And it, believe it or not, it was actually really good. And Alex Wright yeah. was pretty underrated for what he could do back then. If he was coming up now, I think he would have been a way bigger star. I've been learning about Mike Awesome. He, oh, Mike Awesome was great. I didn't really know a lot about him. I didn't realize Mike Awesome like, was one of the best big men ever. Yeah, he was huge, um, bro, and athletic. Uh, and they asked uh, dumbass, what's his name um, from WWE uh, re- wrestling with. I think so. Wrestling, you're oh, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard, and he was like, "Yeah, he just didn't have what it takes." I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot, bro." Um, no, like if he was wrestling now, he'd be huge. Yeah, huge star. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was ahead of his time. Um, way ahead of his time. Yep. And, so uh, uh, we recently talked about wrestling and MMA, and uh, in '98, Inoki went and defeated Don Fry um, in the final match of his career. Um, Inoki would later participate in four exhibition matches after his retirement on two, uh, in 2000 at a Ricky Dozan memorial event. Inoki was defeated. So this is kind of like post, you know. Like, I haven't retired, but I still need that money. Right, um, or I just need to be involved in certain things. He wrestled Henzo Gracie to a time limit draw. Kind of cheesy. He teamed with the great Sasuke, Sasuke to defeat Giant Silva, the MMA guy, and wow. Red and White Mask. And two years later, in 2003, Inoki wrestled the m- last match of his career facing Fujinami, right? Mm. And that was part Fuji- of Fujinami's yeah. retirement ceremony. So, kind of a cool thing that Fujinami and him wrestled as their last, you know, last hurrah ever. That was both of their last matches. But wait, F- Fujinami still wrestles. Hang on now. He wrestles here and there. Oh. oh, oh. Fucking Fujinami I mean, lied. 
don't get me wrong, like, you know, for his age and everything, he's He's he, good. He looks all right out there, yeah. Not not quite Chris Jericho level, which we we need to do a whole episode well, on Jericho's him soon cuz he is years old. Chris, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Okay. Um so after New Japan, right? This was in uh he left in 2005, Yuke spot New Japan. Uh, do you know who Yuke's is? Is that the video game company that's allegedly working on the alleged? AEW it's not game? alleged. And they did a lot of the those great wrestling okay. games from good, the 90s. Good call, Justin. They uh, Yuke's is a wrestling game company, and they make good wrestling games. They do not make Fire Pro Wrestling. Don't DM me about that. Um, they make 3D wrestling games. They made SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, Bring the Pain. And I think they were involved some good in ones. No Mercy. No Mercy. Yeah. And uh, they made, like, a lot of Japanese games, too. Uh, right. But right. they are it's working the on the AEW game, which honestly looks like shit from my standpoint. I'm as not a worried about what it I'm not worried about what it looks like necessarily. I want to see how it plays. No, uh, dude, but, I heard a know. report of someone who went and played it, and he's like, "It does not play good." That would be a huge disappointment. I think it's going to. <laughs> I think it's gonna be, bro. Yeah. I that's, think we're gonna have to stick to our fire pro wrestling. That, anyways, yeah, yeah. But, that's a huge. Disappointment maybe maybe uh, when it comes out, like I'll we'll buy it or I'll buy it. We'll share it or something, and we'll that do might it. be. It's going to be Kenny Mega's biggest disappointment. And what Aubrey, they were heavily involved. So don't let us down. I think they might. But uh, we will play it. And I'll tell you what, I'm announcing it right now. Uh, we'll do a review of it, okay? When it comes out. Well, yeah, we still haven't done a wrestling and video games episode. so. Well, we can do a wrestling and, you know, we can, uh, you know, we're having backstage and conversation here. We can do, yeah. we can just review that game if it's okay. good or bad. Um, so yeah, uh, later so on. So send us a review copy, Yukes. Yeah, send us one, Yukes. Give us a code, motherfuckers. So have you heard of the Inoki Genome Federation? The Inoki Genome Federation. Yeah. No, that's. It was founded in two thousand seven. Okay. Okay. But now I was fascinated because I read up on this and. Uh, the first main event was Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle, wow, okay, that's that's a good one, huh? Yeah, can't be bigger than that. Yeah, About at, that time. at at Sumo Hall. Wow. So, um, but then there was another one like this uh, sumo guy, Suzukawa, was scheduled to face Bob Sapp in an IGF. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, Bob Saget. That would have been really interesting. That would have been. If he was doing comedy and then wrestling, yeah. He was doing an IGF Special Rules heavyweight bout. And it was to be held under MMA rules, but the fighters would not wear gloves. Closed fist strikes would have been allowed, but palm strikes are not okay. The event was to air on HDNet in America. However, the fight was canceled due to last-minute disputes with the Japanese audience in attendance told by the promoter involved in the dispute that Bob Sapp had lost the will to fight. So, some dumb drama. He lost his smile? He lost his smile. Um, wow. This is a company that lasted, a, like, a little bit. They didn't really I'm do not, a whole lot. It tried again, to kind of mix... a weird name. Genome? I mean, why... And then 
pancreas and all these weird names sometimes. <laughs> no, pa- it's not pancreas. It's pancreas. Pancreas. Well, what does that even mean? It's like fighting. Is it? Does that mean fighting in Japanese or something? No, it's like uh, pancreas. It's like a style of hybrid martial arts and wrestling. Okay. I didn't know that, but okay. So, um, Inoki was put in the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2010. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I mean... They have added... They added uh, Fujinami as well. And and Liger. He was like... He was like 2014, I think. And then Liger was added during the pandemic era, I think. Yeah. Um... And, you know, just once again, we, we go into the early 2000s and kind of, you know, his thing in um, New Japan, which was like having guys be fighters, you know. And uh, you talk about the uh, early New Japan dojo, which was what? It was uh, Brian, Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and Rocky Romero. LA. Yeah, and um, TJ Perkins. And they had to study, you know, like Shinsuke MMA. Nakamura. Yep, 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 yep. They had um, to study like MMA and yeah. wrestling. Right, and it was probably a very hardcore thing to be a part of. Uh, and I, you know, it was I think located in Santa Monica, actually. Do you know exactly the the location? I know the area. There's like a kind of uh, uh, industrial part of santa monica oh and they've got like one of the uh strip with like a lot of warehouses and stuff that okay now is probably mostly like software companies like riot games has theirs there really um yeah that's where they're um i thought they were in downtown la no i don't think so and they have like their you know arena blizzard arena or whatever where is uh new japan located right Now, now it's in carson which is, uh, you know, South Bay, a little, um, if you heard of the town Torrance, which has like, yeah. a lot of Japanese people. Oh. Um, it's, it, it's in that area, so it's close to Torrance. Is it, is it in a, uh, like, business complex? No, it's probably in, a, in, a, in an industrial uh, area with, like, a bunch of yeah. offices and Yeah, I think I've seen their thing. It's just, like, a logo. It says New Japan out front, but it's probably, yeah. like... Probably weightlifting equipment and, and a ring, you know. No, I bet you I could look up where it is too. Let's see how if we wanted if I wanted to drive to the New Japan Dojo in LA. Show me or what in you got. Carson. Let's see here, LA Dojo. Oh, there it is, Carson. It'd be a thirty-four minute drive right now. Right now, but tomorrow yeah. it'd be an hour. It's twenty-five miles from where I live. And, yeah, it's in an industrial park with, like, a bunch of, like, warehouses and, you know, uh, import-export kind of area, you know? Yeah. And you said uh, there's there's a Japanese uh, contingency in, in Torrance or a Japanese Torrance community. has a lot of, yeah, a lot of Japanese Americans. I, I actually and, saw uh, this this guy recently, and he, uh, he was like, yeah, I was raised in Southern California around all Japanese people. But he was explaining that uh, it was not the same as being in Japan because, you know, obviously it's America. And he was. Well, a lot of them are third and fourth generation people, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty fascinating. Japanese Americans and 
people that were you, you, whose relatives were the internment camps and stuff. Oh, Jesus. Let's not get into that, brother. No, I'm just uh, saying that's how long some of them have been here. When you guys go to uh, Japanese, like, meetups, do you, does um, your lady, your partner speak Japanese? Or do they speak English? To their friends? Japanese. No, but, like, to the meetups. What, what when, you if meet you meet up? someone that you, she doesn't know. It kind of depends. Cause you can't or does she know assume. everyone? <laughs> oh, you yeah, you can't no. assume. No, well, she told me. She told me. Nihonjin desu ka? Right. Well, yeah, but you know that's. I mean, if she see if she goes to a Japanese market and sees someone, she'll assume they're Japanese, right? Like the checkout person and stuff. But don't but you I go don't... to little Japanese festivals? Not really. Oh, that's just, that's a rarity. Yeah, and if you do, it's like it's it, it, it there is a lot of mix of you know just Japanese Americans there and stuff. Like well, Tokyo. I will tell you this, Justin. I have a friend who. Uh, is in town and he actually is one of the people on the Japanese American Educational Foundation. So they okay, were they cool. they run events with the Japanese people in this town and I think there's like twelve of them. Twelve. <laughs> like it's like ninety percent Korean. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, that's obviously the highest population. Well, also there's a military military bases here, right? Right. What's the closest military base to you? Well, I mean, probably, like, big one, Camp Pendleton, down by San Diego. Dude, I want to go to Korea. Dude, will you bring me to Koreatown and eat some Korean food with me? I mean, I guess. It's, you, like, two you don't, miles from here. You don't sound that excited about it, though. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Korean food, really, but, you know. Well, are, do we, are we going to go get expensive something. steaks or what? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, like, I don't know. Bro, we got to figure out. I'm sorry. It's a ways away, right? Yeah. We got to yeah. figure out where we're going to eat, though, bro. You got to take me someplace uh, good. We'll, fi we'll figure it out. All right, cool. We will figure it out. We are talking backstage stuff, but that's okay because you know what, guys? We appreciate you listening to this. Also, if anyone's playing Fortnite right now, hit me up. I've got the season pass. I'm about three characters in. All right, Justin. So commenting a little more about um, yeah. the mix between... MMA and wrestling, right? Like, let's talk. Let's explore this idea because it's it's kind of a failure of an idea from Inoki. Um, and wrestling and pro wrestling are are, are excuse me, wrestling, are, MMA and pro wrestling are t two totally different things, right? We talked about this in our last episode. Yeah, they're two different things, but I think they run parallel to a degree. Well, we've seen the history, right? Like, the history yeah. does. But nowadays, is there really anything that runs parallel with them? Just the promotion aspect, I think. Knowing, knowing the holds, though. Knowing the, the uh, like, knowing how to put on certain holds, right? Yeah, and, you know, in the opposite reasons. Um, but I think that they still go hand in hand and run in terms of have, having to talk people into a building and sell tickets. That's, um, yeah, that's very true. And, uh, you know, wanting people are expecting a competitive, um, you know. They're, they're expecting entertainment. Expecting get knocked right? out in two seconds, right? Um, 
yeah, so I think, yeah, the entertainment and the promotion level are, are very par- parallel. Well, and you say knock it, knocked out in two seconds, but let's be honest here. Uh, Mike Tyson, we, we watched him just just for that. Well, well, that and I think in those 90s eras when he was fighting nobodies, people were like, I spent 40 bucks and he punched <laughs> a guy in the face and that was it. You know, like two seconds. I think there was a lot of controversy behind that kind of thing back then. But um, I think Inoki's approach, when you think about it, was a few different things. I think, number one, him wanting to mix that in. I think he wanted people, um, to, I, like touched on it earlier, to, if they had to shoot, if someone was disrespecting wrestling, that they'd be able to hold their own in some type of respect. And I also think there was a part of it where he felt like uh, those dudes had to have as tough of an upbringing as he did. Maybe mm. it was because he wanted to take it out on him, or he just doesn't think it's fair that he had to get it and not them yeah um and he just wanted their reputation to be as legit tough guys yeah um yeah and you know what you know honestly and again i don't i don't want to harp over our last episode although only 30 people listen to that so we need more people listening um so if you're hearing this um you know mma and and uh pro wrestling they have so many of the same skills, but like we talked about last time, it's the opposite ending. You want to help and preserve your opponent instead of, you know, destroying them, right? Well, yeah, it was within everyone's best interest to come out unscathed, right? Um, so it, it's a little confusing to train on both of these things now, um, you know. In, in, in one day, I go and I, I'm supposed to kill my fucking opponent... The next day at work, I'm supposed to preserve my opponent. I it's very strange, but uh, like we said, I guess he had his reasons. But at the do, same do, time, do you know? Uh, here's a little trivia for you, Justin. I think you'll like this. Do you know why Shinsuke Nakamura uses knees so much? They do a lot of damage. Well, because he said in MMA, the knees fucked him up the worst. Yeah, they do a lot of damage, and also I think they're very safe. For the person giving oh them. oh well the way Nakamura does it they're very safe yeah. I mean but I mean they're the they're safe like you can punch someone and hurt your hand right yeah you give someone a knee it's probably not gonna hurt you as much yeah and two. with the knee you can use your whole thigh and also when you come in someone with a knee you're also su- separating the rest of your body from them uh, mm. as well I think it's a protective it's protective as it is an attack yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and then you have guys like, uh, like, let's talk about my boy, uh, Hanare, right? Trained in Muay Thai, and it shows in his, uh, wrestling. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean... Rising knee strike, you know, he's got, he's a great striker, actually. But in a way, on the, you know, playing devil's advocate to the whole approach... What better way to sell being punched in the face than knowing getting what it punched. feels like? Yeah, than knowing what it, what it really feels like and how and, and knowing what your reaction is going to be to it. So yeah, that could be part of it as True. well. It, it's an interesting business philosophy. It's an interesting training philosophy. It's kind of sad that it really didn't work with Anoki in the end. It, it's really just it, it it almost destroyed the company, right? And you've heard uh, of that Anokiism and. The company was just falling apart at that time. Yeah, there's a lot of stubbornness to that approach. But, um, 
I think like we both see some kind of positivity in it. And maybe it's just that, you know, it's tough too because, you know, when you make Liger do a MMA match, that's going to go on their permanent record, you know? Like, wrestling matches don't go on your permanent record, but uh, shoot matches do. And so, like, you look yeah, up... You have, a lot to, you have a lot to lose, I guess. Yeah, so... I mean, I, mean, I guess not as much now, but I mean, I got like CM Punk, who went and had two horrific, oh boy. you know fights came back and it really didn't spoil his you know fictional character i guess but but you have people like ronda rousey who lost twice and bowed out they're just like nope nope i'm gonna go into wrestling now so um but you know in the end all that influence really comes from anoki and uh yeah you gotta respect him for all that you doing okay justin i'm doing fine i'm all right I got uh, I got a little life left. You got a little Battery life power. left. Yeah, I got enough. I okay, got enough. cool. A little Pepsi there. Good. Um, let's talk about uh, the politician Inoki. Okay. All right, we're moving on here. <laughs> we are moving on to uh, 1989 when he was elected to the House of Counselors as a representative of the Sports and Peace Party. The Sports and Peace Party is that liberal conservative. I, I, I have no clue. I don't know. He met with Saddam Hussein for release of prisoners for my, wow. Maybe I didn't write enough notes about this. Um, this is a guy that his, I don't know if ego is the right word. Maybe it is, but he really felt himself to be a very important person. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And I have this here. Um, in 1990, he traveled to Iraq in an unofficial one-man diplomatic mission and negotiated with Saddam Hussein for the release of Japanese hostages before the outbreak of the Gulf War. Pretty intense. Yeah. Talk about a leader. And this is a guy with no fear whatsoever, yeah. It was then that he personally organized a wrestling event in Iraq for the purpose of freeing 41 captive Japanese nationals, which was ultimately a success with 36 nationals ultimately freed. So, some... Wow. wow. Yeah. Some real political diplomatic uh, skill here. He says, we'll do a wrestling match in Iraq if you release our boys. Pretty incredible. Yeah, that's yeah, that is. Huh? Yeah. Definitely. I I don't know what company did the wrestling event, um, but man, you know, again, okay, you and I, we talked. We said we're not gonna try to take out over our companies, and then it's like, okay, fuck a company. Nokia's going to try to you know influence politicians and countries. What was the limit Dictators. for this guy? Yeah. Incredible. Um, 2013, he announced he would run again for a seat in the Diet, which is like our kind of uh, senators, you know, mm-hmm. um, under the Japanese Restoration Party. And he won the election and he returned to Japan's upper house as an MP. He was suspended in 2013 for 30 days because he took an unauthorized trip to North Korea. There you go. I mean, this guy just does what he wants, right? Apparently, yeah. I mean, uh, 
There's where the controversy starts to kick in a little bit with that. Yeah. It was his 27th visit to North Korea, and he explained that the North Korean abductions of Japanese citizens has caused the Japanese government to close the door on diplomacy, and so he wanted to be the diplomat, right? So Mm -hmm. we have to call him a diplomat too, right? Wrestler, Uh, senator, diplomat. diplomat. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So... He was thinking of running for the governor of Tokyo in 2014. This is weirdly enough. After he visited North Korea once again. So it's a real close relationship. He's visited North Korea about 30 times at this point. You want to talk a little about that? Well, I mean, obviously that's where a lot of the controversy comes in. I mean, they they did do a wrestling show there 20 years prior, right? Or 30 years prior. So his relationship with North Korea is obviously... Anyone that's been in North Korea 30 times, there's going to be... 30 30 times. There's going to be a little questioning behind that. Um, You know, it seems pretty innocent, honestly. I mean, I don't think he's sharing trade secrets with fucking Pyongyang. No, but I think that he... It's it's really good for his ego, and he feels important that he gets to do that, and um, and that's kind of a North running Korean, dialogue with with Anoki, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I think the North Koreans uh, kind of seem to appreciate those strong figures and athletes, like I don't know Dennis Rodman and stuff. Dennis like that. Rodman, they love him. There's an obsession they love they have him. with you know. Athletes and it's it's like it's like figures, uh big big celebrities who are sympathetic to the cause, and They're, yeah, like we I obviously guess, cannot yeah. be sympathetic to the cause. Um, you're flying to the com- country, which means you're giving money to the country, right? I have no idea where that comes from, or, or how you even would book a flight or <laughs> organize that. But I guess someone would have to get money. You get for your it. private jet. Know. You get your private jet. Yeah, I don't know if it's supplied by North Korea, or I don't know how any of that would even work. I don't plan on. Yeah, I don't even know how. Do you want to go there with me? Way over there. I certainly don't. Yeah, I don't either. Definitely. Not. I recently watched a two-hour YouTube video about a filmmaker from China who was kidnapped, and then they kidnapped his wife later, so that he oh, could. Geez. Yeah, there. it was absolutely. And they lived there for like thirty years. It was fucking terrible. Um, yeah, I've seen some of those shows where, you know, someone goes there and, and, and wraps their shoes in, you know, because they were dirty in, in a newspaper and they get in trouble because the newspaper was with the, the you know, whatever oh on boy. it, some political figure and yeah, it's disparaging it's and they terrible. go to jail, you know. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible the fact that there is a old Korean culture which exists, very old, and that it's been split into two, uh, but that's beyond the scope of this podcast um yeah, but yeah. inoki's uh relationship with north korea was a big strain on his uh political efforts because i mean you can only get so far with that type of relationship for sure yeah yeah pretty much justin you said it um so uh, Inoki, as far as we're going to talk a little bit about MMA, he was influenced by Carl Gotch, hooking and shooting, catch wrestling. Um, he, he liked to book people that were wrestlers and boxers, judoka, 
karateka, kung fu, sumo. Um, and I think that was a good idea, right? Like, we like seeing a freak show fight, right? Do you? We definitely added a little bit of a circus or even like a street fighter to element right there you go people from all over the world with different styles and made wrestling like a like a 90s fighting game yeah um there was a match with uh karateka everett eddie and eddie had previously completed a mixed skills bout against a boxer and he lost by knockout and this bout ended when eddie uh got fucking power bombed um so yeah i i, I kind of want to watch that i want to see a dude fucking get power bombed and get knocked out right mm. it'd be pretty cool i'm sure um we talked about muhammad ali we talked about that last uh last episode right um, yeah we talked pretty in detail in about detail that for sure so and you know Inoki, he did a lot of mma stuff um new japan Pro Wrestling Ultimate Crushed, which was like an MMA thing. Um, Inoki Bomaye shows, which we've heard about. Um, and like I said, he did uh, he did a match against Henzo Gracie, Gracie, which was a professional wrestling match. It took place in Bomaye 2000. Um, he was the ambassador for the International Fight League's Tokyo entry. Before that promotion uh, died, and the Inoki Genome Federation promoted wrestling and MMA stuff. Um, he was married to a couple people over the years. I don't know if that's really that important. Um, he did convert to Islam in 1990. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw his name was Mohammed Asan Enoki towards the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he went to a pilgrimage to Karbala in Iraq. And, um, you know, he, uh, he changed his religious views, so... You know, it's a weird guy. This is one thing I'm going to say, Justin, is we never really discussed his match quality tonight, right? He was he was just bigger than that and beyond that, you know. It, yeah, and, and it's similar to Hulk Hogan in that sense, where it's like the the you know the actual in ring stuff really didn't matter. And obviously, we're having a, we're talking about a guy who's like negotiating with Iraqis for hostages and. You know, it, it was more about the presentation and the ego than it was about, you know, five star matches in the Tokyo Dome at that time. It was just a different. Yeah, it was the aura. Yeah. It was the aura. Yeah. And in a way, I uh, kind of miss the time in wrestling, which we never really got to experience when a guy could get by on his aura alone. Right. It's like just, it's it will never be laid out like that again there's too many companies and corporations and yeah and entities that and, uh, and the wrestling business you know. is so much more competitive um right but in anoki type of guy he it's not about being in the ring it, it, it is about that aura that aura that he brings i mean we talked about it before right he's like an extremely handsome you know charismatic guy and you know combined with that that would be enough to make a good wrestler right but then you have the leadership aspect and the you know takeover in that this guy wants to always be running shit so 
Yeah, and you you have the ego and the and the all that. The ego, yeah. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. So what a figure, man. Um, now that he's passed away, who else are we gonna have to do? Who's gonna pass away soon? I don't want you to like kill it, Justin. We're not doing no death pool or anything, are we? I mean, jeez. Is it is it Vince McMahon? Is that our next? We already did Vince McMahon, brother. We already did. Yeah, we could just. We cut don't and need. Paste we cut and paste. Yeah. So, I don't know, but uh, know. it sucks that Anoki died. We've known about it going in for a while. It's really the last thing I have to say about him is that you know, he was kind of a shady character. Um, he did some weird shit, but, uh, he was a major superstar. Yeah. A god among superstars. I mean, it's hard to, to downplay that, how much of a major star this guy was. The likes of... I mean, if he, if he was American, he could have maybe been president. Like, that's how... Pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, so, we are sad in the passing of uh, Inoki, and um, yeah, that's about as much as I got to say on that, Justin. Have you had a good night tonight, brother? Not too bad. Um, Chilling a little bit? Yeah, Yeah, definitely did some errands and grocery, well, anyway, who cares? Yeah, I uh, do. Yeah, and then I got to start the whole week again and work for the weekend. It's okay. I bet I bet you can do it, brother. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you to all that's listening. We did a solid hour on Inoki. And, uh, you know, go back and watch one of his matches. Whether it's him fighting in a fucking, you know, cinematic match. Muhammad Ali or, yeah. or Muhammad Ali or just one of his boring-ass count-out matches. You know, go watch it. Go respect it. And then, you know, go watch some uh, Sayama, some... You know, New Japan in the late 80s. Take a flight to North Korea in his honor. Go visit that country. If you can fly to North Korea, go visit North Korea. Yes, go visit. Enjoy it. I don't know if it's so much as a visit as a, like, hostage experience. Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it. uh, You just did. don't have any experience to, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a satire there. Okay. um, Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that the, uh, the North Korea thing, I, I, it's probably beautiful as fuck, you know? It's like this land that's just, uh, fucked up from, uh, politics. Very sad. Very, very sad. You know what? Fuck Antonio Noki. Y'all, y'all, y'all be thinking about, y'all put your prayers in North Korea instead. All right. I'm getting out of here, Justin. You have a great night, brother. All right. right, And listeners, we will see you all later.